Blog Talk Radio. afternoon off. I've got a great guest today, y'all, but before we go into that, if you are new to the show, Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily talk, bodily talk, you hear that shit? Bodily functions, dirty talk, or anything else that I might say might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but you don't care about all that? Good. Come sit by me. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible one, the Wicked One herself, Dorothy Morrison, www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Check it out. You have maybe a day and a half left to order one of her amazing mystery boxes. It is the month of Dorothy. Get on it before it's all gone. And if you need her products shipped overseas, check out www.theangrycauldron.com. They do all of her international shipping, and they have a line of goods of them of their own themselves so check into that and for the hour y'all you're in for a treat i'm just telling you we have today the author of the little work durgadas alan doriel durgadas are you there i'm here thank you for having me hey how are you how are you I'm thank just, you for coming I'm doing all right yeah, sure, sure. Thank you again. I'm oh, doing all right. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing really well. I'm really enjoying this book. Um, it, please explain to folks what the little work is. Okay, so the shortest way I can think to explain it is that it's a play on the term the great work. So the great work mm. being the pinnacle of alchemy or the sort of version of spiritual enlightenment in the hermetic tradition. And the idea Mm -hmm. is that there's the great work, which is often, you know, what people talk about in like advanced books or, or things that it sounds very lofty, but then there's also the little work and the little work is how we develop ourselves so that we can be able to sort of, have sustained spiritual experiences and awakenings in a healthy way in our lives. And so we can integrate our spirituality with our day-to-day life. And so actually part of the point of the little work is that the little work and the great work are intimately connected with each other. You can't have one without the other. Uh, But the, Mm -hmm. the point of it, and really the point of the book is that there's all this stuff that's so important to do. And sometimes it might seem like, oh, that's not very spiritual or that's not connected, but it's all intimately connected. And so that's what the little work is about. It's about focusing on all of those aspects of life and how they contribute to our spiritual path. Yeah, and, you know, part of the impression I got from what I was reading was if you do the groundwork, if you, t- if you cover the basics, mm-hmm. it's almost like the bigger things take care of themselves. I mean, we're taught that as children. Yeah. If you have a good mm-hmm. foundation then right. you can build on it. Right. If, you, if you build a foundation on sand, your house crumbles. So mm-hmm. I, I love it yeah. for that sense yeah. that everything does not have to be all uh, ceremonial magic driven. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, there are other aspects to it. Yeah. And I really love your approach because especially since you draw a lot of lines from a lot of different things and they're not all mm-hmm. necessarily pagan which mm-hmm. yeah. I, find, I, I find that lacking in a lot of the books I read today. Can you address mm-hmm. that, son? Yeah, well, so it's interesting because the formal occult training I had, which followed a pagan adolescence and pagan time in college, was in a hermetic yeah. order. I was in a Salemic order for two and a half years. And mm-hmm. in Salima 
it's traditional, it's traditional that a lot of different threads are woven together, or at least that you're, you're researching different things or you're learning about different things. So, for example, I mean, I don't love the way that he did it. Um, he was very irreverent in many ways, but Aleister Crowley integrated yoga, the philosophy of yoga, the meditative practices of yoga with ceremonial magic over 100 years ago and its core to Palima. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was interested in yoga before the Hermetic Order that I participated in, but when I was in the order, I studied it at a deeper level and continued to study it since then. And I think one thing that's interesting about that is that if you look at a lot of the occult writers of um, the late 19th century and the early 20th century, they're reading so many different sources. There's theosophy, there's Swami Vivekananda touring uh, Europe and bringing yogic philosophy. And so you, you can see that in Hermeticism, in the Golden Dawn, in Salima. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, so on the one hand, I, I, I would say that I feel like I see myself more as continuing to participate in that kind of interdisciplinary exploration. But it's also certainly like I studied and practiced a lot of different things on my own and, and uh, clinical psychology, I'm a licensed clinical oh. social worker. So all of the, um, oh. all the mental health stuff that I put in there, there's a lot of stuff for people who've never heard of it. There's a lot of stuff in there about like psychology and cognition and a lot of that is informed by that training. But yeah, I think for me it's, Part of it is that I um, am a very, um, well, in astrology speak, I would say I have Mercury conjunct Mars and Gemini and several planets in the ninth house. I'm just very interested in exploration intellectually. And where I see pieces sitting together, I put them together, if that makes sense. It does, because, I, you know, this book to me is a very holistic, and when I say holistic, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really referring to all-inclusive. Mm-hmm. In a lot of regards, I, I mean, I, I find the book touching on so many things that you don't have yeah. to be pagan to be into this book. I mean, you touch on Kabbalah, mm-hmm. you touch on Buddhism, you touch on, you know, mindfulness, mindset, tree of life, chakra, tarot, manifestation, law of attraction. I mean, right. it's just so, man, you, you hit on all these resonant points that don't necessarily have to be pagan driven. So mm-hmm. I, I really like that for you know it makes the book more appealing not just to me but you know to anybody who's got mm-hmm. nothing to do with paganism really sure so sure. I, I yeah just, i just think that's a you know and i was i really like your your definitions of low magic and high magic mm-hmm. because i don't mm-hmm. think people pay attention to that and yeah. um you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because I could be, because sometimes <laughs> I don't interpret correctly. But my my impression of what you wrote about low magic, low magic being more practical, high magic mm-hmm. being on the more spiritual plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it's, they can overlap. They they can overlap, right? Like if if I have the intention of, manifesting or, you know, doing a spell to help me with my career for some kind of job or, or shift. But the idea is that mm-hmm. that is to help me develop spiritually, then that unites low and high magic together. But yeah, fundamentally, low magic is magic that in, as I see it, and I mean, it's, I didn't make that up either, but the way that I see it is low magic is magic mm-hmm. that's intended to create sort of practical change in the world um, and that isn't necessarily inspirational in terms of I'm trying to have a, a deeper spiritual connection, whereas high magic is, that's, as I was trained, that's really what high magic is about. I mean, when you are doing ceremonial magic for spiritual realization, that's what I was taught high magic is. So low magic is, is a lot of the other stuff, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, I want to try to get this new apartment or I want to smooth things over wherever, you know, with what's something that's going on in my life or I'm trying to help somebody in a certain way. Um, and then that's mm-hmm. where, but it, it can certainly be high magic if you're coming from a place of 
this is all part of a process of my spiritual development. And that's really a lot of what this book is about, is how to integrate the different facets of our lives with our overall spiritual process. Like, how can I be in the flow of that greater intention of I'm trying to, you know, become more spiritually realized, more spiritually aware and developed. Does that make sense? It does, but I still want to ask you this question because, Mm -hmm. and and we're going to probably talk about, you know, how COVID-19 affects everything because it's the elephant, it's the perpetual elephant in the room that none of us can get away from. Um, Yeah. But just to just to see if i if i understand it on a personal level so yeah. i've gained a shit ton of weight mm-hmm. a shit ton being right. being confined eating everything i want sure. so working yeah. on myself you know from a magical standpoint on my body mm-hmm. pers- you know for example yeah. would that be considered right. high magic or low magic and do you have any suggestions as long as i'm tapping <laughs> your brain right okay so so for me, I think a lot of it has to do with the perspective from which you're doing the work. If you're okay. working on yourself and you are doing magic around physical health because you feel yeah. like, you know, you could stand to lose some weight to be healthier, and it's part mm-hmm. of this process of coming into greater spiritual alignment for you, if you see this as a healing process, as a healthy mm. transformation, if it's, if it's all in that trajectory of, you know, I feel like this would be healing and beneficial for me in my, in my path to do this, and that can align uh-huh. with the high magic flow. Uh, you're not necessarily like, you know, casting a, a huge ritual or performing a huge ritual uh, to that end, um, but it's, it's right. in alignment with that process. Now, if it was more like I, you know, bikini season is a few months away and I just need to look like the models on Instagram, then that right. is not necessarily aspirational in the same way, right? So so I think that that's kind right. of the distinction. It's like on paper you could be doing the same spell, the same process, right. but, but what's happening in your mind as you're doing that? Where are you approaching it from? To what end, Right. Okay. And that's where yep. I see the connection. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So it's again with most of magic to begin mm-hmm. with, it's really about intention as mm-hmm. opposed it's not necessarily about the spell, it's about you as the practitioner, what are you going for? Mhm. Yeah. And is it part yeah. of like okay. what is it part of? Is it is it part of something? Right. If it's part of mm. some greater process, then it's part of that process. I mean, if it's consciously part of that right. process, and then if it's not, right. well, that's not, and I'm not, and I want to say, I want to make it very clear. I'm not necessarily, I'm not saying that like low magic is bad if it's not aspirational. I'm just saying there are different things. Right. It's a right. it's a different way Definitely. of looking at the. Uh, there's there are different ways we can approach magic, and that's mm-hmm. just, you know, there are just different ways. Right. Yeah. Would you say that, that low magic is easier? Oh. Because it's more sim- – it, because it's it comes from a more simple approach or mindset as opposed to high magic, which is – I mean, because when you start separating out spirituality from physicality right. – Right. As an example – just as an example, yeah. is one easier to achieve because – you don't necessarily have to have the same mindset. Is it easier to have a lower magic mindset than a higher magic? And it do, it's not a judgment call, and I'm not right. taking it that way. I'm just wondering yeah. when people approach their magic, because I don't think people think right. about this when yeah. they're actually doing magic. I think a lot of witches are like, right. you know, we're just going to cast this spell and, and that's it. I think right. there's more, yeah. you have to put more into it than just, right. Is this right. going to be beneficial spiritually, you know? So yeah, yeah I was well, just wondering your opinion on that. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting because I would say too, that, I mean, I don't even think that I had it in my consciousness at all to, to, 
what high magic really was until I was in my order doing high magic rituals regularly and I started to get a taste for it. I mean, I had read Modern Magic by right. Donald Michael Craig, but I hadn't actually practiced witchcraft for some aspirational reason in that way. I mean, I had done like seasonal rituals and stuff that felt very spiritual. Um, yeah. So I guess what right. I would say is that, that, yeah, I mean, if, if what you're doing with magic is trying to create concrete change on the physical plane and there's nothing more to it than that, then on a fundamental level, yeah, that's easier than I'm trying to be the best version of myself that I can to heal from what I've experienced mm. that was painful and to transform in ways that are difficult for me, which a high magic task mm. demands of people. So, yeah. Yeah. On, on a basic level, yeah. Wow. Now, on another, on another level, both require focus, directing energy. I mean, that is similar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. and I love that because I think people don't really think about mm-hmm. where their practice is. I don't think folks think mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. is this high magic? Is this low magic? Is there a way yeah. if this is low magic? Could I be doing it better? If I'm doing right. high magic, could I be doing it more efficiently? So, mm-hmm. I mean, because like I said, I don't see where people necessarily put a lot of thought into this, but from right. your book, it seems to be pretty important to be completely realized in what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would, I would say so. I mean, but, it, you know, again, it depends on what somebody's goals are, like what their overarching intention True. is. If, if somebody's, I talk a lot in my book about a concept of inner alchemy. And, and I should have said that mm-hmm. earlier. That the great work coming out of alchemy, the idea is that, we are on a spiritual path. The alchemists say that all things move to, toward their preordained state of perfection. We're on the spiritual path of returning to the source, of awakening spiritually, and we can facilitate that or we can push against it mm-hmm. or we can kind of have a neutral relationship to it. So what my book is about is how to go with the flow of that and how to support that. And so when we're trying to support that process of healing, transformation, and awakening, then it makes sense mm. to do magic in a way that facilitates that flow and that process. If that's not our goal, then I don't think it's as relevant. But I think a lot of uh-huh. people don't even know that that can be a goal and that this can all be a process. And I mean, I didn't until I think I was in my order and sort of caught that wavelength. I wasn't even thinking about any of that before. Um, right. But so... So that's kind of what I would say is that it it really depends on, you know, why someone is doing magic and where they're coming from. I just think it's important for people to know that there are ways of doing magic that are um, very intimately related to spiritual flowering and spiritual growth. And I think a lot of people who practice low magic um, in a in a traditional capacity where it's part of sort of an authentic, um, you know, where, where, you, where you're engaging with the land and spirits of yeah. plants and spirits of minerals, that that is part of that inherently, right? If part of what I'm doing in my quote-unquote low magic is connecting with different aspects of nature, then that is high, mm. I would say that that is part of high magic. That's very mm-hmm. different from the sort of, um, you know, just just very, like we were talking about, sort of, I need this Instagram model body by July 15th, right? It's very different right. you're, you're in a dialogue with the natural world and the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right. Oh, yeah, it does. And, not, and since you mentioned nature... There's, you know, other things that you said in the book that I was like, oh, right. Like, for example, we, the, the fact that we don't control nature, we have to work with it. And mm-hmm. I find yeah. a lot of, yeah. I find that a lot of people do not show appropriate respect for nature. Um, yeah. And I, and I think some, I, and not all people, obviously, but I have run across certain 
pagans who feel like nature is kind of theirs to command uh, yeah. when it isn't. You mm-hmm. know, so I love yeah. I love that you said that because have you found that to be true as well that there are people who think, you know, I I'm a witch, therefore I am going to do fill in the blank pretty much, but it's weather related. Like I'm gonna, you know, make the storm, or I'm gonna do this, right. or I'm gonna yeah. do that, and I'm kind of like, are you really? You're gonna do that, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how much? How much influence do you think we actually have on I mean is nature when you're addressing it this way is it as though we are asking nature if we can be a part of making a change or, or are we mm-hmm. asking nature to be part of a change we want to make Right yeah so okay so first of all I think that's a really big question and there's a lot of parts to that one of the things that I would say just at the beginning is that um, I've had some experience with that. With the So I've interacted with a lot of different spiritual communities over the years, um, and I still yeah. interact with people from a lot of different spiritual communities. I would say I've seen that more in people who come from more of a new agey community, uh, more straight up mm-hmm. law of attraction, sort of I can just do whatever mm-hmm. I want. Um, and uh, there's a quote in the book um, from Dion Fortune where she basically says, like, no. <laughs> like, you know, there, people, yeah. people say that they can do anything, but if you look at their results, it's obviously not true. And I think that um, I think that I don't want to say what our limits are. I don't know what our limits are, but I think that, you know, we first of all, we co-create with other people we're not just this Mm -hmm. we're not these individual islands we're part of this greater um constellation of consciousness with all of these people doing lots of different things and um and i think that there is some magic that flows with nature there there can be magic that doesn't flow in that direction can be more or less effective depending i mean you certainly see this in astrology where you can yeah. pitch your sail and ride with a transit. If, if there's a transit coming up that supports something that you're trying to create in your life, you can, you can ride that energy. And if there's a transit that's antagonistic, you can try to push back anyway and, you know, mm-hmm. varying degrees of success. Um, but I think right. that, you know, so, so I think that's definitely true. And I really see that a lot with astrology. Um, and and I guess what I would say is that I think it can be like a booster rocket if you hitch your sails to a transit. But then you're working with the energy, right? The energy's already moving right. in that direction. It's like there's a heavy wind mm-hmm. to catch it. Yeah. Right. But you're not – but if you do that, it's not like you're creating that heavy wind. That wind was there. Right. You're just acknowledging exactly. it. Yeah. Right, and yeah. that's kind of the difference that I find. It's like when something is already in motion, you yeah. know, if you're go if you're going with the flow, it's not that you created the flow. You're just accepting right. it and moving with mm-hmm. it, which to me yeah. would seem it would seem the most natural way right. to accomplish something if the flow is right. already available. Right. So, so my question is, I guess. Do we ever really control the flow, or is it really that enough? Pe- and and that's why a lot of magic doesn't work because we're not mm-hmm. in, we're not in. What's the word I'm looking for? We're not in concord, not in concordance, in um, we're not alignment. We're not aligning with. Thank you. We're not aligning with the energy as it exists. We're trying to right. change the energy. Yeah. to be more favorable to us. I think that's where a lot of folks may have mm-hmm. problems in their magic. Do you, do you right. see that too? Yeah, well, and I would say too, just as, as a sort of related aside, that there's all, I think there's always a flow of opening spiritually that we can connect to. That, that motion of energy moving towards source and back and in this sort of this tidal process. I think we can always work with that, um, although sometimes it's harder than others depending on individual astrology we might be having. 
we might be experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that I do think it's possible to work magic at a level that is is sort of higher than the astrological influences. I've seen people do it. I've done it myself. But that's not beginner stuff at all, and that's not something you would do for um, what we would call, um, I guess, I don't want to say selfish reasons, but kind of. It's like that's 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 much personal. Personal yeah, reasons. Well, the personal is okay, though. I I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to to parse that out. But I guess what I would say, yeah. though, in terms of why why magic. So I and I also add, I have a whole section in the book on reasons why magic can fail. But I definitely think one reason for sure can be like the astrology is really pointing in one direction and I'm pointing in another Mm. and I don't have the wherewithal is where I am in my magic to actually effectively do that. That's not to say it's impossible to do that, but where am I in my development to do that? Because magic is an ongoing process. It is not Mm -hmm. just a one and done. I mean, yes, a spell can be an isolated experience, but if I'm not living in a way that aligns with the magic I'm working, it's way more likely to blow up. And that's also a lot of what the book is about, is, okay, this Mm -hmm. is what I want for myself. This is what I'm trying to create in my life. Well, then how can I have an internal and external um, process that facilitates that Mm -hmm. actually happening? Because if, if I'm not a fit for what I'm trying to create, it's probably either going to blow up and not happen, or it's going to happen and yeah. I'm not going to be able to sustain it. It's like how many people win the lottery and lose the money? How many people lose mm-hmm. a lot of weight and gain it right back? Like sometimes we can get Hello. something, but that doesn't necessarily yep. mean we can keep it. So sustainable, yeah. so true. you know, yes. work. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of why magic doesn't pan out for people sometimes is because, you know, they're shooting for something that's out of reach for them with where they are right now in their development. Mm-hmm. Um, or, they, or they can get it, but they can't keep it, whatever it is. Or that, you know, it's, it's require, I, I believe in my experience, it requires really developing yep. yourself. And, and a lot of that ends up being healing work because very often the things that we really want for ourselves in our lives. And I want to also clarify, when I say want, I'm not just talking about like, oh, I want a car. I mean like deep things that we desire to experience in life. Um, The -hmm. things that we want are very often wrapped up in our insecurities, in traumas that we've had that are sort of there and and that we're struggling with. Yeah, and so it's this process, this healing process in order to be able to get that stuff out of the way so we can get from point A to point B without just sort of it blowing up in our face. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was beautiful. I mean, sorry. Um, it was, that was, it, I mean, that was beautiful, but I mean, nobody ever talks about that. No one ever talks about that deep well of hurt that we mm-hmm. all yeah. carry. You know, it's a very rare conversation that I get to have where somebody says, Mm -hmm. you know, our pain is what produces a lot of our desire. And I'm so Mm -hmm. glad you said that. It's so Mm. true. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like all pain comes from a lack of love or too much of it. Mm. A lack of love that you receive or too much that you give. And that mm-hmm. is, to me, the source of all of the great pain in the world, oh, you know, wow. and I yeah. could extend mm-hmm. that from you and me. I could extend that to the guy running the yeah. country. There's, mm-hmm. there's a push and pull of I wanted too much love, I didn't get enough, or I loved right. someone too much and didn't love myself. And that, right. to me, is the essence right. of everything. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah. Because it's so true, and it's not a conversation we all have as often as we should. A lot of us right. don't even have that conversation ever. But, mm-hmm. you know, your your book is, I, I feel like your book is almost instructional on how to heal yourself mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. 
because you draw in all the influences that, you know, even things I've experimented with, like manifestation and the law of attraction, you know, Mm -hmm. when the secret came out, it was a huge big deal, but it's not something that was really brand new. It was, you know, like always attracts like. Somebody just marketed Mm -hmm. it and made it pretty enough uh, and made a ton of money, but it's not that she came up with it, you know, or they came up with it. So absolutely. So I love, I love that you bring that up. So when it comes to manifest, manifestation and the law of attraction, mm-hmm. can you talk about the similarities and maybe the differences between the two? Oh, but well, okay. So you mean the difference between manifestation and law of attraction, or how I talk about it in the book, and how it's generally? Hey, talk about. about it in the book. Yeah. Okay. Both. So. Generally speaking, if you're going through a pure sort of the secret derived or related or the source material of the secret, um, if you're getting that material, then it's usually very black and white. You can have anything you want. You can heal any disease. It's just a matter of mind over matter. That is it, point, you know, period at the end of the sentence. And, of course, a lot of people find that to be very harmful because it can, you know, it's blaming the victim. I mean, there are so many issues you could find with that. Like, Mm -hmm. if I didn't didn't heal my cancer with my mind, is it my fault? Right? And so where I come at all of this from is more of the hermetic, Kabbalistic perspective which is that there is energy flowing down the planes of existence at every moment. It is filtering through our consciousness before it manifests. And there are things that manifest because of that process. There are things that come into being because of that process. That does not mean Mm -hmm. that we have total godlike control over everything in our experience. But it also doesn't mean that we have none. (laughs) I think what happens to people sometimes is that they throw the baby out with the bathwater, look at the secret, and they go, okay, I can tell that there's a ton of issues with this, so law of attraction Mm -hmm. is crap. And I would say, really, the way it's presented in that kind of material is super problematic, but there is something to it. And there's something to it metaphysically. Yeah, there's something to it metaphysically, and there's certainly something to it psychologically. And where I would speak to it psychologically, and I do talk about this a fair amount in the book, is that, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist as a, in my day job. And cognitive behavioral therapy is all about how our thoughts and our actions affect how we feel. And it's very researched that the way that I am thinking about myself on a conscious and a deep level affects my emotional state. It affects the way I see the world. It affects the opportunities I notice. It affects the way I feel about those opportunities. And a lot of treatment for depression and anxiety in cognitive behavioral therapy is about how can I heal from some of the, the thoughts that I have that are really antagonizing my perception. Because if I'm thinking of myself as less than, if I'm thinking of myself as unlovable, if I'm thinking of myself as not capable of doing very much in the world, I'm going to feel horrible and I'm not Mm going to be able to do very much, basically. And that's just psychology. That's just psychology. And then on the metaphysical level, I mean, I think anybody who's done magic consistently knows that there's something to it. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know anyone who hasn't practiced consistently who hasn't experienced results. Okay, I can clearly see that there is some impact between what I just did in this spell and what I'm doing in mm-hmm. consciousness and my internal experience in the world around me. So, Absolutely. the thing that I would say is that that is there. That is there for us to explore. The way that we are thinking on a day-to-day basis is a part of that process. And that, for me, is something that really came from my meditation practice, which was also part of my hermetic training. When I, when I practice meditation daily as part of my, my ritual process, I got to see, oh, 
like my thoughts are having an impact on my experience of reality. And sometimes that was just Mm -hmm. my internal experience. And sometimes it was external. Sometimes something would manifest in my life. I mean, we used to do manifestation challenges in the order that I was in. And it was really amazing what we could all do together. But, um, you know, so, but the thing is, there's something to all of that. But then that doesn't then mean if you have cancer, it's your fault. You gave that to yourself. What's wrong with you? Why did you do that? Right? And this is where I think, you know, the secret got into trouble and well-deserved. Because, no, like it's more complicated than that. You you know, we're still human beings living on planet Earth, orbiting the sun in a giant universe. And we're not doing Mm -hmm. all of that individually with our individual minds. Right? So there's... All of that going on, too. Um, And so I think, you know, to me, I think it's more about exploration, you know, what Mm -hmm. exploring the magical horizon. We don't have to proclaim that we can manifest anything we can imagine on the physical plane in order to say, okay, well, I'm just going to practice thinking in a healthy way that supports my intentions and see what happens. Yeah. And grow from there. Right. And and exactly. I mean, and. I want folks to also understand when you're manifesting something, it doesn't mean it's going to happen immediately on your timeline. If you, if you are working towards it, for example, um, my spouse wanted a mini Cooper from the age of like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, nine years old. And, you know, his last car had blown up and it was Mm -hmm. time to buy a new one. And I said, listen, it's time to make a car payment. Let's find a Cooper. Found the first one we looked at, bought it, and, you know, and it was on his vision board because my husband mm-hmm. does those kind of things. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. he just visualized it every day that he was going to get it. And it right. took years, but he got it. Right. You know, he eventually yeah. got it. So yeah. it's not always, yeah. you know, folks, I think some folks in magic are looking for instant results. And right. that's not what it's about it's a you know there is a spiritual practice that has to be you know respected and somewhat adhered to you know i mean right if you are just casting to cast you know yes Mm -hmm. sometimes things will happen you have a 50 50 shot at everything Um, right but there but for really intentional work right really intentional manifestation takes time yeah. and it takes dedication. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. 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 And I, I think it takes time. It takes dedication. It takes living in alignment with your intentions as best you can. I mean, I, I, I know some people who are, um, and, and for years, who are tremendously powerful if you're just talking about a flash of will. Just, just the ability mm. to raise energy or the ability to dream big but, you know, one of the key parts, this is the other thing I would say, is that you can't factor action out of the equation. It's not just, oh, I'm going to manifest this, it will fall from a tree into my lap. It's how can exactly. I also, <laughs> yeah, how can I act in alignment with this, you know? And so, right. so, so part of the reason why I keep coming back to healing work is because what often gets in the way of people, of people's realization of their intentions assuming that what they're intending Mm -hmm. is something that's attainable for them because sometimes that's not possible either sometimes we want something that is not in our reach and it may not be in our reach ever it may not be in our reach now and maybe we could get there with development but that happens sometimes too you know if i want to have a phd by next june and i haven't been to college yet that's not going to happen right that's just that doesn't that's not how the, the things flow um but Sometimes people can be very powerful on the surface level, but then when they try to make something happen, it gets blown up because they don't have the follow through. You know, they, they can't, they don't have the discipline. They're, they're, they're really scared of it manifesting. I don't think we don't talk about that enough. Yeah. Sometimes we are afraid of what we want. Yeah. And if, if I'm afraid of success, because of what that could mean to me for a variety of reasons, and my, my own definition of success, if I'm afraid of that, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to blow it up because I'm going to be too scared mm-hmm. of getting here, you know? And so, um, 
okay, I think I lost where we were. Okay. I think I, but anyway. <laughs> That's okay. That, uh, You're good. You're yeah. good. Yeah. But my feeling, but my feeling about it isn't just that – but in addition to that, about what mm-hmm. that success might mean, I right. think that a lot of, I think mostly people aren't afraid of success as much as they feel like they don't deserve, don't deserve it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's I really, think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, go ahead. You, please, you. Oh, well, I, no, I, was I mean, just I was just going to say, say I, I think that's the biggest stumbling block I find yeah. for you know, right. mostly women, because I deal with a mm-hmm. lot of women and a lot of right. people in general. There's just this core of, do I deserve yeah. to have success? Do I deserve right. to be happy? Right. And a lot right. of people have, have this negative tape that just destroys right. everything. Yeah. Well, and we grow up in a climate, many of us, not all of us, but mm-hmm. in a climate that reinforces this idea that we are not good enough as we are whether it's the beauty right. industry saying you need to be thinner or you need a bigger butt, you need this makeup line, whatever, whether it's an industry saying you need this car, you need this house. It's just there's so much not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. And, of course, many of us also get that from our families at home. Yeah. Uh, you know, school-based yeah. achievement um, can affect that. And so, yeah, when I, when I feel like I'm not good enough, on some deep level, I struggle with feeling like I deserve success. And, and it's, it's all the much harder and easier to, yeah. and the other thing I would say though, is that, so there's that side, there's, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm scared of it. Maybe I feel like I don't deserve it. Maybe I'm scared of it. And I feel like I don't deserve it. And then there's the functional mm-hmm. side of, can I put one foot in front of the other? Can I actually do this? And that was one of the biggest pieces of gold I got out of my spiritual training. Because in Thelema, there is a huge focus on developing the will. And mm. I, put, I, put, I put this in my book. There's a whole, whole part in the fire section on how to do this. Um, but I learned there. Like, I had a lot of drive before I went to my order, but I didn't have a lot of follow-through. And they taught me how to put one foot in front of the other, regardless of how I was feeling about what I was doing. And that was what changed everything for me. Because then, wow. I mean, I'm, a big, I'm a big old cancer, so I could be having some huge oh. yeah. emotional cancerian moment and still make myself mm-hmm. record the podcast or whatever it was that I was doing at right. the time because of that training right. on the will. And... Um, and so I think that that, so the piece that I would say about that is when I was growing up and, you know, involved in paganism to various degrees, I didn't really understand how much I could change from formal occult training. And I had this mm. remarkable opportunity to basically have what felt to me like a Miss of Avalon experience on the mountainside mm. training to be like this this uh, spiritual initiate and it was so focused on practical things and it just really changed my life and I became able to do things that I wasn't able to do before I was able to heal from things that I didn't think I would be able to heal from either completely or to a great degree and then after that I just felt like I I traversed to a lot of different spiritual places after that I didn't see a lot of that in other places. And so part of the reason why I wrote the book is because I felt like it's really important to share this with other people, to to put these kind of tools out there. So for someone who Mm -hmm. is interested in it and ready for it, they can take advantage of that and have some of that healing and transformation because it is possible. There is so much that we can do that sometimes because of these negative messages we've grown up with, we don't believe we can do. But that doesn't mean we can't. Yeah. So true. See, and this is why I love this book for everybody, not just pagans, mm. because it's a it's a clear message about just doing better for yourself mm-hmm. as a human being, which makes right. you a better person right. to the world. And mm-hmm. that yeah. is 
to me so important because we're all damaged in some way and this this book can just really help so many people on so many different levels you know you talk about breath control you talk Mm -hmm. about yeah. Oh, this part. Okay. So this thing, I, I just, I have to like touch on this thing. There's a couple of things, but I mean, so you talk about karma and you talk about grace. Uh-huh. Right. And yeah. I have never heard anybody talk about both being connected. Yeah. Can you address that a little bit? Cause that was, be- it's so beautiful. Please do. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay. So first of all, um, I'll just add in there, as I said earlier, I learned a lot about yogic philosophy while I was in a hermetic order because I was studying all of that stuff as part of the education. And then I explored it much more on my own. So this is not like Zergadot's original material, but, um, but, yeah, the idea is that as part of our alchemical process, we are in this evolutionary process, and we are experiencing karma. And I know a lot of pagans don't believe in karma, and I'm not trying to tell people what to believe. However, what I would right. say is that there is what white people have typically believed karma is without having studied Eastern philosophy very much, and then there's what mm-hmm. Hindus and Buddhists believe. And so what I would say right. is that, you know, for people who just sort of cr- casually shrug off karma as, well, I just don't believe in that. Okay, but, like, this is a sacred belief of other cultures and maybe try to at least understand where they're really yeah. coming from instead of yes. what you've heard, which was some superficial, watered-down, not accurate-to-begin-with version of that. Um, so that's just one thing I wanted to say. But karma can't be understood by the rational mind. That's the fundamental teaching about that. And um, so on one level, it's the law of cause and effect metaphysically, but we're talking about a level of causation that is beyond what we can rationally understand. And then on mm-hmm. another level, um, we're in this process of returning to our source. Like alchemists say, all things return to their preordained state of perfection, and that is also... Hindu teaching said differently. Yep. So there's this karmic process that's happening all the time. And then part of that also is grace. And grace, the way that I look at it, the way I was taught to look at it, is that, you know, some things happen in our lives that are beneficial to us or helpful for us, even if it doesn't seem like that on the surface, just because of the spiritual evolutionary process or divine intervention, however you want to look at it however you want to frame it in your individual individual conceptualization, but that that's part of what happens too. And so this would be something that actually stands against the sort of stereotypical law of attraction teaching, because in the stereotypical law of attraction teaching, everything that comes to you is a reflection of your own consciousness. And in a system Mm -hmm. that incorporates grace, there are some things that happen in life just because. It's part of where you are in your evolution. It's part of your spiritual growth. And um, Mm -hmm. here you go. You know, today was the day for you to maybe feel totally crappy, but then the sun hits your face from a certain angle and you feel a break and you feel better. And things improve from there. And that's great. Well, that's one way of saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much because I find a lot of people – they don't like mm-hmm. the word grace because it right. sounds too Christian for them. Christian, but, right. But, you sure. know, when you, start, when, when you start editing out words, right. you start editing out the meaning of some of life, in my right. opinion. And I thought that your approach to that was so beautiful because, like, and it's such a better way of saying it. My thing to say to witches a lot of the time is, you know what? Nobody put a spell on you. Sometimes right. shit just happens. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. Your way absolutely. is much more well, eloquent than mine. <laughs> but the thing I would say about that, this is the thing I would say about that is that shit happens and you, you're not going to understand it is in alignment mm-hmm. with like a Hindu presentation of karma. Because in a Hindu yeah. presentation of karma, you're not going to understand it. 
all the time. You're not going to be able right. to necessarily say, I'm, so, so like someone would say, okay, well, this is the product of karma, but that doesn't mean that you can say, well, I was nasty to this person in third grade, and that's why this happened to me. It's much more complicated than that. So, um, mm-hmm. so, so it's, it's just interesting. But, yeah, I think that um, – so I guess one thing that I would want to say, too, because we've talked about manifestation a lot that, and, and nature, is that there's also the importance of having, like, a fundamental humility to the practice. And, yes. um, and, you know, and I'll say in terms of what you were talking about, Christianity. So I didn't grow up Christian, so I don't have mm-hmm. any negative association to any of these words except for being a gay person who experienced bigotry from Christian people. I have that, those experiences, sure. but, like, I don't sure. have a negative connotation of grace. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, yeah, it's – so what inner alchemy is about and what the little work and the great work is really about is opening ourselves to the higher power, which is the inner power, which is us on a deeper fundamental level. And so it involves this, this work on the individual ego and sort of opening to what's more. And I think that the thing with magic is that it's very easy in magical practice to become sort of high on ourselves because now we feel mm-hmm. powerful in a certain way. And honestly, maybe we never felt powerful that way, but now we do. And to mm-hmm. our detriment, you know, to our detriment, I've seen people get into magic and it have a really negative impact on their lives, unfortunately. And I think part of that is because, you know, it is important, I think, to, well, to people who are, who are looking at it as more of a spiritual path and and like a lifestyle and a character aspect to really connect Mm -hmm. with some of these deeper ties. And when we are aligning with spirit and when we're, we're practicing aligning with spirit more and more every day, I think it makes us more humble. But it makes us humble in this empowered way. And I think that's one of the differences. Yes. I think, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and that's something else you had, you had quoted Lao Tzu, which I mm-hmm. thought was incredible, you know, and let me let me turn to that quickly. Uh, never take advantage of power. See, I wrote right. these notes down because I was like, <laughs> I want to make sure I mention it. And yeah. you know, I and I talk to people about you can be powerful without being an asshole because I like to Absolutely. strip shit down to its yes. very basic yeah. fundamentals. Because right. I find people when you come at people very lofty. I right. don't like it when people came at me with, you know, too high-minded, right. like, what, you know, what right. are you trying to prove? Yeah. So when I interpret it, it's, a, it's, a, it's not quite as eloquent as you put things, but, you know, it's important to be powerful and to feel powerful. It's a totally yes. different thing to laud that over someone else. Right. Well, and I think also, like, to bring up Star Wars for a moment, it's like when Vader and Obi-Wan are fighting in the first Star Wars movie, and Obi-Wan says, Mm -hmm. strike me down, and I will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine, right? Mm -hmm. When you are are really working on living in alignment with and deeper embodiment of spirit in your day-to-day life, then there comes this moment where spirit reaches out from within you and you feel it filter through you and you are powerful in this different way. And to what you said before, you're, you're with the flow of nature, right? Or you're more with the flow mm-hmm. of nature, the more that you do that. And that that is a spiritual opportunity that is available to magical practitioners to connect in that way. Mm-hmm. And that, that it's, it's a humbling process that we go through to, to get there. But then once you're in that space, you feel so connected that it's, 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 it's powerful in a way that you couldn't have felt before. Um, and it's deeply satisfying and worth it. And mm-hmm. I, you know, that's a lot of what I wrote the book for It's to sort of help people yeah. who, you know, maybe don't even know that magic can be a path to that kind of a thing. I didn't. I, I didn't know that based on what I had read when I was a teenager and in college. 
in terms of the occult books right. that I had read. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, you, and you had, you know, you're a, a quite a bit younger than I am, um, and I often talk about the fact that we had like maybe we had less than ten writers when I was coming up. Mm-hmm. So the availability sometimes too many choices are just right. too many as far yeah. as what to read. And mm-hmm. I would caution folks that reading everything on, that you can get your hands on is not necessarily the best way to go. I think there's a right. level of, you know, find someone you can talk to about it to maybe help guide you because mm-hmm. the, the level of information can be very overwhelming. Right. And uh, a lot yeah. of it is not necessarily reliable. So, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I... yeah. Oh, no, please, go ahead. Yeah, because well, I, I mean, this book is just, <laughs> I just love this book. Thank you. No, I mean, I was just going to say, you know, I was always taught to, and then it was my experience that practice is more important than theory. So, yes, mm-hmm. if you want to have a foundation, you want to know what you're doing, and ideally you want to be working with someone who's guiding you along. I mean, I can't even begin to talk about how beneficial it was for me to be in an order with experienced practitioners who were helping and coaching mm-hmm. me along the way. Um, but, yes, yeah, it's practice-based. The other thing I was going to say is there are some, I think, magnificent books on um, high magic, uh, spirituality, and occultism from people like Israel Rigardi and Dion Fortune. Yes. If you can overlook yes. some of the problematic statements, it's just I wasn't mm-hmm. ready for that when I was 17, 18, 19, you know, right. and, and the, the, the language, too, you have to acclimate to the way that they're talking. But there are some really beautiful occult books in our, in our um, well, broad, big tent tradition, but a lot of them are older. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are some new ones that are great, too. I'm not trying to say there aren't new ones. I just mean that of course. when we're talking about the kind of things that I'm really interested in, a lot of those books are from the people who were involved with the Golden Dawn back back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow, this is I, I could talk to you for seven hours. I swear, there's just <laughs> so many things to go over. But we yeah. are we are under three minutes. And before I want before I let you go, there's something else you said. That and I love this. A cluttered mind equals a cluttered reality. I love mm-hmm. that. I don't think people think about that mm-hmm. because yeah. there is so much information and so many different things to look at. And I think right. we get wrapped up in too much. And I think yeah. you know the intention of quieting your mind and yeah. you know breathing. You hit on all of these beautiful things, and there's just no way. In the next two minutes, we're going to get through all of it. <laughs> so before I let, cause, and I really hope you'll come back on because I do want to talk more to. about this. Yeah, that would be great. When um, we will talk about that after we're off the air. So tell mm-hmm. me, are you writing anything else, and where can people find you? Um, okay, so the main place I'm the most active is Instagram, which is Dergadasalon Doriel. You have a Facebook and Twitter that I use less regularly. Um, I have a book mm-hmm. idea. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. I'm actually uh, sifting through it right now, but it relates to the intersection of uh, Kabbalah, tarot, and astrology. And I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to make a tarot deck in the next couple of years. And that's sort of where I Uh am in terms of all of that. And then maybe one day I'll be writing – I was writing an astrology blog for a while, which was at Modern Witch at Tapios, Uh and I took a break because the astrology has been so rough this year. So we'll see. I'm not sure if I – I joke that I'm in a a break from my toxic relationship with astrology. Um, So I don't know what's going to happen there. But that could – but I, I, you know, um, I do blog at Modern Witch. Yeah. Yeah. I think – um, I think that book needs to be written, but that's my opinion, and I'm not living <laughs> your life. So, Das, I cannot thank you so much. For, I mean, I cannot thank you enough for being on with me. This was a great conversation. I loved every minute of it. I hope we have another one very soon. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed being here, and I just very much appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. 
All right, everybody, we're going to wrap up, and we will see you on Friday of next week with Talis and Govan and the Penguin Pundit. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.